Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wading through the rhetoric in search of the truth. This is Global Top Talkers with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 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 Let's bring in our global talkers because we've got lots to talk about. we got Bill Kelly, who you can listen to in Hamilton at 9 to uh, noon, Global News Radio there. And Mike Stubbs, who you can listen to 12 to 3 on our sister station, Global News Radio London. Hi, guys. Hey, Alex. Hey. Let's talk about what we were just kind of uh, chatting about, and that's um, Miss Horvath, who seems to have claimed... Um, privatization in this leaked document. I can't find it anywhere in there, but I'm okay, Bill, having this conversation about privatization or streamlining services, given, you know, today a health report comes out and basically says our system is broken. Yeah, which is not news. I mean, come on, tell me something I don't know. Uh, This is the clarion call from the NDP all the time, though. You know, we get that, and it's really to protect union jobs, and I understand that. That's their mantra, because they think that's where their core support is. Uh, and, and I'm not going to be one of these people that's going to jump all over this and say, oh, come on, what do you guys think you're doing? This is a preliminary report. And all this one really does is identify a lot of the challenges, many of which, as you say, we already knew. Uh, they haven't talked a whole lot about solutions. They are talking about a super board, and that kind of bothers me. That's another layer of bureaucracy. So, But I'm, I'm willing to wait and see what the details are going to be. Uh, and it's, it's not simple. I mean, I, I think Dr. Devlin nailed one thing properly. There is no simple solution to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's saying we don't need more beds. Well, yeah, we do. We need more long care bed, care beds. Well, we need, need eight thousand beds. beds. And he's saying what he was saying is that's great in that, but that's not going to solve it. That's just one tiny piece no, but of the, it. Yeah. The reason, you know, to, to use the premier's catchphrase, you know, hallway medicine. The, pe- the reason people are in the hallways is because people upstairs in the beds that shouldn't be in a hospital. Exactly. It should be an LLC care facilities. It should be a hospice care. We don't have enough of those. Yeah. As to whether or not that's going to be the private sector or the government that's going to supply that, well, let's have that discussion and let's talk about blended health care with pub- private and public money. I mean, I, I think we're at that point. I think we need to have that discussion and we just don't know how it's going to roll out yet. Yeah, and I think, you know, let's stop with the politicizing of this, Mike, and actually allow the conversation to happen because we, we all need this system to work. Um, and Dr. Devlin, I mean, he is, I mean, what he did with the, the Toronto hospital he comes from is so unbelievable how he streamlined the services and completely overhauled this one hospital. That's the model he's going on with technology and, and, and finding better efficiencies to do home care and make it so that people aren't just running around from place to place. I mean, we have to have a conversation of a reality in, in the future of medicine. And we also need people who, if we're going to get something done, have a track record, have ideas, have new ways to go. And it seems that that's what we have in Dr. Devlin. So mm-hmm. that gives me a little bit of hope in that way. But you're right. Let's have the discussion. What is wrong with maybe looking at, as you know, as Bill said, a blended system yeah. where we don't have to call it privatized. We're going to get into all kinds of things because the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Maybe that's something that that we have to have safeguards against. I don't know how you do that. But the ultimate thing is you have to get rid of hallway medicine. I think anybody will realize very quickly, if you have something seriously wrong, 
then this healthcare system is still a good healthcare system. Mm. But there are things that have changed. How many beds have we closed over the years? How many types of hospitals or care facilities have we closed? What have we done with with psychiatric care and things like that? Elder and care. a lot of things have kind of been grouped under the same umbrella, and there are only a certain number of beds under that umbrella. And now we're getting to that point where, yeah, we've got parts of this healthcare system that need to be fixed. So sure, if somebody feels that they have an idea, I think everybody in this province is wide open for suggestions. Yeah, no, I tend to... One of the big problems here, Alex, is we all just made the same mistake. I think we're calling this a healthcare system. It's not really a system. It's a bunch of silos. Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of Band-Aids. Long-term care, et cetera. And, and if you have to move from one to the other, God help you, because, you know, the connections aren't always there, and you may have to wait. That's where the wait times thing comes in. That's where accessibility. Uh, I know he's talking, Dr. Devlin's talking about a system where uh, he used the example, like, oh, you're on your way home from hospital. You've been discharged. Uh, you get a call while you're in the car. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is the home care. What day can we come? That's perfect. Yeah. That's utopian. I get that. But, you know, if you don't shoot high, you're never going to get it. Yeah, exactly. And the bottom line is, um, you know, if, if you're in long-term care, you have to have a plan. We can't make plans because it's the system is just so fractionalized. It's just unless we actually tackle it and figure it out. And like I said, get rid of all those LIN agencies and create one a level of bureaucracy. I'd rather one level of bureaucracy than eight, you know, 800. Um, I want to talk about Humboldt with both of you guys because in the next few days, uh, I think in um, we're going to get the sentencing uh, of what happened uh, today. And the accused finally stood up and did, in fact, speak to all the families. And Mr. Sidhu accepted full responsibility. He knows that he killed uh, those uh, the teammates, all 16 of those people, due to his inexperience. And, you know, the Crown's asking for 10 years. Defense says three to four. But this driver, Mike, has admitted um, that he was the cause of this. And I get that he's done everything right by pleading out and 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 showing a lot of character the bottom line is he admitted he was wrong it was not an accident no it wasn't and it did come from as he has said inexperience and we opened the phones on this today and you had everything from one end of the spectrum to the other everything from he will suffer for the rest of his life for what he has done to let's make sure and get the maximum for him and everything in between. And when you look at this particular case, yeah, he's willing to accept whatever punishment it is. And if anything, you know what I think that does? That means that we're not going to see appeals. We're not going to see the family put through any more pain for any of these victims. And you know what? That at least is important. He is going to get a punishment. There are going to be people who, when it is given, are going to say that's too light. There are going to be others who say that's too harsh. And the important thing is, I think, that uh, that we, we're going through the justice system, that we have a justice system that allows this to play out as it has, because I think this is this has gone in maybe a, as good a way as it could have. We're still dealing with a horrific situation, but this is still something where, you know, no one is, is up in arms over mm-hmm. what is happening. It's playing out. Justice is playing out. Let's just let it continue to play out. Yeah, this one this one is, is a tough one, Bill, because this guy has shown some character to do the right thing. But uh, the bottom line, the company he worked for should not be uh, forgotten. They bear a huge amount of responsibility for this. And, and I think what will be even worse is if this case does not finally bring change in this country to the trucking laws and the people who are getting behind the wheel, then that truly is the biggest injustice. Well, and we found that out just as the accident happened. Yeah. I was shocked. I talked to people in the Ontario trucking industry. You know, 10-day training courses mm-hmm. all took in Saskatchewan. To get it took me wheel. a week to get my AZ license. A week. 
And, and look, and, and therein lies part of the problem. And I know they've made some changes to that system. Good. But I mean, you know, that's hindsight. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad this guy's showing remorse. But look, at, the fact is, is he's driving along this road. He's not qualified to be in that truck. And he should, he knew he wasn't mm-hmm. qualified. Yet here he was. Mm-hmm. He went through four. There were four signs saying stop flight out ahead. Four that he, I don't know if he didn't see them or he just ignored them. And then at the intersection, as we know now, it's one of those great big, huge stop signs with a flashing red light on it. Yeah. What the hell was he looking at? Did well, he, he said he was looking at a tarp. He said he was looking at a tarp flapping around on his truck. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. sorry. What's more important when you're approaching an intersection? Yeah. I mean, anybody knows that. That's, you know, you go for your G1 or G2. I mean, that's they teach you this stuff. Yeah. This, this was a, and he didn't, I mean, this guy was pedaled to the metal. He was going right through. He I was, mean, yeah. This is know, one of those cases I don't think it matters what the sentence is. People will be very divided on it. Well, and, and, you know, I'm I'm glad that he's remorseful, and I'm glad that he was penitent and talking to the parents, but those kids are dead, yeah. uh, and this didn't have to happen, and, and, and that's the thing that I think is going to be with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I agree with you. The other yeah. thing, there's mm-hmm. one more thing I want to see happen in all of this. Now, there have been recommendations made about Armley Corner, because if you talk to anyone who's lived in Saskatchewan, and I know both of you have, you hear that Armley Corner has been dangerous for years. Yeah. And you yeah. had locals at the time of the crash saying, maybe this will finally get something done. Recommendations have been submitted, but we're talking nine months, and they're still in the bureaucratic yeah. process. Yep. This is still a dangerous intersection, and that needs to be addressed, maybe not just in Saskatchewan for that intersection, but I think everybody's got to take a look around and say, you know what, we've got an intersection that has some issues, could be made safer. Hey, look, well, I- we've seen that. Anybody who's seen the, the computer-generated models of the, the accident, there's a clump of trees there that neither one of them could see the other vehicle coming but but that wasn't in the final report as a distraction but i'll tell you look i did a a four-part series on 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 failures of the trucking system getting licensed and how easy it was 10 years ago with global nothing's changed the toronto star did a similar investigative series about five years ago nothing has changed the governments know there are issues in this industry and they choose not to make the changes and until i see that happen they don't care and that's uh, what i hope will change out of this Gonna leave it there, guys. Yeah, lots going on. All right. I appreciate you joining me on this Thursday. Hoping for warmer weather tomorrow. Thank you both. Thanks, guys. That is uh, Bill Kelly joining us along with Mike Stubbs.